Come on, guys. We turned out okay. The Modern Parent's Guide to Old School Parenting. I want to hang upside down from the swing set. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay with host Karen Locke Cole. I want to climb to the top of that tree. And now, here's your host, Karen Locke Cole. Hello, and welcome to episode 83. A Just You and Me episode, just you and I hanging together on this lovely spring day. And today I want to share what I'm thinking of as a chapter study. This is the second of two chapter studies from Positive Discipline Ninja Tactics, the book I wrote kind of for myself because I did not, I was not enjoying my children's early childhood, early childhoods. And it's it's the kind of tools that I wish I had had for myself when the boys were young because it would have, having these tools would have made their their early childhoods more fun, really, and less worrisome. So I kind of wrote it for myself, but really it's for you because if you are having those same kinds of feelings, then I think it's something that's really going to help you. And I know it is helping a lot of parents because people have been getting in touch with me to tell me how much they're getting out of it. So yay, yay for that. (laughs) And I decided while planning June that I would make each Just You and Me episodes, of which this is the second, a chapter study of one particular chapter that seems to really be resonating with the parents of young children who are reading the book. And so in episode 80, oh, just a second, in episode actually 80, 80, that was the first of these chapter studies that was about the I think the bet one of the best, not quite maybe the best, but an awesome ninja tactic that that helps during some of the toughest moments when you you know when you're about ready to melt down <laughs> um, yourself because of something that your your child is doing. That episode, episode eighty, covers chapter five of the book, and this episode, episode eighty three, covers chapter eight. And chapter eight is all about feelings. And it's called help them understand their own feelings. Understanding our feelings is the work of childhood. Unless his work doesn't get finished in childhood, and then it becomes the work of adulthoods. And there are several reasons why that's bad. (laughs) First of all, like if we don't work things out in childhood, they come back. If, If we haven't resolved uh, the kind of emotions that flow through us as we're getting ready to have a temper tantrum when we're three or four or five or even, I mean, even six, then, or seven. <laughs> I mean, every if you think about it as kind of either early childhood or elementary aged children, usually, you know, we've worked out the tantrums, we've figured out our emotions around that. And if we haven't, then when we are, into adolescence and as we are becoming young adults if those if those things weren't worked out if we didn't figure out a way to kind of regulate our emotions as young people young children those come back and they come back real bad i mean they come back in bouts of anger and uh, uh an inability to really relate to other human beings on a deep deep level i mean that's bad 
Understanding our own feelings is the basis for empathy. It's the basis for understanding ourselves. And once we can understand ourselves, then we can figure out what what's going on inside other people. And we, we really want to help our kids understand their feelings so that as they become adolescents, as they become young adults, they've got their own internal stuff figured out and they can they can really connect with others. That's so, so important. And it's messy. You know, it's definitely the process of figuring out our feelings is messy. And it's not, it's not pretty. But, um, you know, maybe that's another reason it's done in early childhood so that we can kind of forget it. I mean, I remember like one serious tantrum and I was older, I was probably six or seven. And I had, I had a really angry fit because my dad wouldn't take me running with him. And I just wanted to go to, to, uh, he was going to get in the car, drive to like the high school or something, someplace where there was a track and go running. And the poor guy was probably like, you know what? I just want to be by myself. I just want to think about my own thoughts and not worry about being responsible for anybody else. And I had a huge fit in our front yard. I, I freaked out. And, um, and I remember the look on my dad's face was like, okay, you know, it, it was, it was exasperated, but it was also, there was empathy in his in how he treated me that day um, because he he remembered being there and being the, the kid who couldn't do something or being told no. And, and you know, basically he was thinking to himself, okay, she's going to get through this. I'm going to go have my run. When I get back, she'll be, she'll be fine. So, but that's really the only one I remember. I don't remember a lot. I'm sure I had uh, umpteen tantrums like we all do, but um we don't remember them, I think, because they happen when we're so young. And maybe that's a blessing. And so it is, it's messy. The The process of figuring out our feelings takes some time and, and isn't, isn't always uh, beautiful. Um, and I'm thinking about this little girl that we had in preschool who whose name wasn't Becca, but I've been thinking of her as Becca because I didn't want to use her real name. Because now she's like in her 20s and she's probably figured this out by now. <laughs> anyway, there was this one day when it was Becca's third birthday. And we, you know, as a preschool class, we would all sit together and, and um, the, the kids bring in, you know, something special from home or we have a special snack. We sing happy birthday. It's all exciting and fun to have it be your birthday and share it with your friends and whatever. And on this day, though... Becca, poor Becca, sat at the head of the table. And as we sang happy birthday to her, she, she'd made this crown and everything. And she was sitting with tears rolling down her face. She did not want to turn three. And there was a real reason for this. She didn't want to turn three because she, she had always been told that when, as a two-year-old, oh, you're almost three. When you're three, it's going to be no more diapers for Becca. It's going to be time to say goodbye to the diapers. And she was so afraid of potty training. Like she had these major feelings about it, but she couldn't say, little kids can't say, oh, mom and dad, I, I'm not quite ready yet for potty training. Could we just delay this a little bit? Could we put this off? You know, all they can do, all it could, all she could do was be mortified, terrified of turning three because it was going to make this huge shift in her life. And she did not know what that was going to be like. And of course her parents thought, okay, we're going to, we're going to make this fun. It'll be enthusiastic. You know, you're going to turn three and start potty training. But she did not see it that way at all. And she, she had to, you know, 
figure that out. It, it, it created huge problems around turning three and around potty training itself. And, you know, she's, as I said, she's in her 20s now. So I'm sure she's figured this out. Wherever you are, young Becca, <laughs> I hope that I hope that you, the process of figuring out your feelings about potty training when you were three has um, been resolved and that you're out there as an adult enjoying life and, and using the potty. We don't want that to happen to our kids, right? I mean, we don't we don't want them to have feelings and not understand them or not even be able to name them maybe. We we want them to be able to understand their feelings as as they go into adolescence and adulthood. It's going to help them and it's really going to help us because then we won't have all the kind of backlashes of what happens when the work of childhood doesn't get done in childhood. So how do we have that happen? I have come up with three ways and I'm going to I'm going to share them with you now. So the first way to help our kids understand their feelings is that we we start out by naming their feelings for them. So we can say if you if our child's crying, we can say I can see that you're feeling sad because you're crying. It looks like you're angry. Your fists are clenched and your face has this expression on it that's really really angry. And just naming things like that can can being understood can make us all feel better. If if you can tell that your child is happy, I mean, saying like, wow, you've got such a huge grin on your face. You've just given me such a great hug. You are really feeling happy, aren't you? Like just naming them, it makes, it, you've created a kind of communication. The person who you're saying this to goes, oh God, they get me. Thank goodness. And because being understood instantly makes us all feel better. And you might not, you won't notice it right away, especially not with a really small child. But over time, you'll start to notice that he begins to name his own feelings more often. And as kids understand their feelings and can use words, they they stop having to, if they're feeling angry, they stop feeling the urge to like make a fist and hit or um, tear something apart or you know, punch or throw or all the all the kind of things that little kids do, they they do for a reason. And and the inability to communicate is one of those is one of those reasons, uh, probably the basis for almost all of them. So as they understand their feelings, and they can use words, their behavior improves, it does take time, but it's really worth that investment of time uh, to to say, wow, let's stop for a minute and consider how you are feeling. So that's number one, name their feelings for them. Number two is read some favorite books that help kids name feelings. And I've got four, one, two, three, four, yes, to start with, because they're like, they're like my favorite. And I even, they, these are listed in Positive Discipline Ninja Tactics, because they're just like favorite favorites of mine. The first one is called Glad Monster, Sad Monster, and it's by Ed Emberley and Anne Miranda. And if you've if you've ever read any Ed Emberley books about the monster, they are really cool books because they you open a page, they're picture books, you open a page and there will be a monster. And as you turn the page, <clears throat> the monster changes a little bit. So there are like holes in pages that will show future pages and stuff like that. So they're they're just really engaging books. And Glad Monster, Sad Monster, as you might guess from the title, is all about uh, the the monster's feelings. And uh, I, I meant monsters plural because there's more than one monster in here, if I'm remembering correctly. I think so. So that's the first one. It's a great one. The second one is called The Little Old Lady Who Wasn't Afraid of Anything. 
by Linda D. Williams and Megan Lloyd. And the, gosh, this book is wonderful. Uh, it's about this little old lady, as the title implies, who goes out into the woods to like, I think she's collecting herbs or something. You know how somebody's always collecting herbs and flowers. And on her way back, <coughs> pardon me, on her way back, she starts getting like accosted by a pair of boots that go stomp, stomp. And then next up comes a pair of pants that go shake, shake. And and the last thing that, and so she's she's like, I'm not afraid of you. She keeps saying to these uh, these items of clothing, basically, that are following her through the woods. And the last one is a jack-o'-lantern pumpkin. And, and she kind of is afraid of the jack-o'-lantern pumpkin. But what she does is, is I, I'll leave it there, actually. I, I think I'll, I'll leave it at a little bit of a cliffhanger. Go read The Little Old Lady Who Wasn't Afraid of Anything with Your Young Child. You will not, you'll not be sad about it. It's such a great book. And it, you know, it talks about fears um, and what you can do with them. Because the cool thing is that the little old lady who wasn't afraid of anything finds something constructive to do with with these implements. It's pretty cool. And then the next one is, I'm sure you know this one, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day by Judith Viorst. It's it's a classic. Um, I've never watched the movie. I think a two-hour movie about a book that takes 10 minutes to read might might be a little bit much, but may, if it floats your boat, then, then, you know, check it out. But the book is wonderful because what I love about it, I think, is that Alexander goes through this sucky day and everything goes wrong for him. And at the end of it, what I love about it is it it validates feelings without making everything okay. You know, his mother doesn't sweep in and like fix it all. His mother basically says, gosh, here's a hug for you because some days are like that. And um, I think it's great because it helps kids kind of work through emotions. They're learning about them at the same time as they're like realizing that everybody has these problems sometimes and that's life, you know, and it's okay. It's going to be okay. Uh, the next one is called Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus by Mo Willems. And I swear to God, this book was like a gateway drug into Mo Willems books for us. Um, we still have, I we haven't looked at them in a long time with an 11-year-old and a 15-year-old, but we still have like a huge library of pigeon books and Mo Willems books. They're just awesome. So Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus is about a pigeon who wants to drive a bus. And the bus driver comes to us, the reader, and says, hey, can you just look after my bus for a little while? Uh, I got to go. You know, I, I need to go do something. And uh, and one last thing, please don't let the pigeon drive the bus. And it puts kids in this place of like, here's the pigeon trying to convince us to let him drive the bus. And our job is to be like, no, you can't drive the bus. And like the pigeon tries everything he can think of and he gets so he finally has a complete meltdown. And and again, I, I'll leave it for you. I, I will let you uh, read it for yourselves to find out, does the pigeon get to drive the bus? But it is a uh, it's a great book for helping kids work through feelings. It really, really is. And I'm going to link to these four in the show notes. Um, I, I think you're just going to love them. They're such good books. <laughs> Uh, you might even be able to find them. Like I will probably link to their Amazon pages because that just, um, everybody has an Amazon account and whatever, but, um, you might be able to find them like at library sales sometimes, or at, there's a website called better world books, which I'll link to that one as well. 
Um, because as these books have been in circulation for so long, sometimes you can find a, a decent used copy. Um, so maybe that would be an option. Because I know like four books, if you were to buy four new books, you're probably spending like 80 bucks. And I mean, maybe not. I, I don't want to discourage you from going to look. But um, if you can find them secondhand or whatever, um, is so much the better, right? So I will I will link to each of them in Amazon and I will give a link to Better World Books because uh, maybe, maybe you get lucky. So that's number two. Uh, so far we've had name their feelings for for kids. That's the first way to help them understand their feelings. The second way is read some favorite books. And the third way is to play feelings games. And these are very simple. I mean, very, very simple games like take turns, making happy faces, sad faces, make frustrated or angry faces and talk about what we can do when we experience each of those feelings. Uh, So after you've made, after the kids are thoroughly understanding what a face looks like that's a happy face. Uh, After they've experienced like clenching the fists and sort of being angry, but not for real. um, It's one of the interesting things. And this, I guess this is fascinating to me as an early childhood educator is how sometimes it happens that kids will pretend being angry and they'll really get angry. You know, um, it's like when kids are pretending to be a superhero and they just get so caught up in it that they're like hurting the bad guy because the bad guy is bad, <laughs> even if it's their best friend, um, you know, like or or shouting at them or something like that. I don't mean like punching them or biting them or something. But anyway, feelings games give us a way to experience feelings without without the uh, gosh, what's the word without the, I guess the same kind of investment, right? Because when we're really angry about something, it's really hard to step outside of ourselves and say, wow, you're really angry about this. Like you just feel that. So if we are trying to like experience the feel, like if we're, if we're saying, okay, we're going to play being angry, it can give us a chance to kind of get acquainted with that feeling. So that's really the goal of feeling games. Feelings games is is so that internally our kids can say, I'm feeling happy. This is what it feels like to experience happiness. And then later on, if they're if you've played these games and now they're feeling sad or mad or frustrated or surprised, they they've played them, they've had some experience with them, and it's almost like a rehearsal. So that when they feel the real thing and you say to them, Oh, I can see that you're feeling sad because you're crying they have an internal link to that. So they're going to be able to, eventually they'll be able to say, I'm feeling really sad or I'm feeling disappointed or they can express those feelings, which as we know is the work of childhood. And so once we've gotten to the point in a feelings game, or like if you've played this over a couple of days or over time, you know, in the car, these are really good things to do like in the car or if you're having some downtime somewhere that you you're stuck waiting or whatever. Um, once you've done it for a while and, and the kids are kind of familiar with this idea of like making it a game, then then it's a good idea, I think, to talk about what can we do when we experience these feelings? Like, what is it? If you're feeling happy, how what how can you express that? You know, can you smile at someone? Can you um, can you hug them if it's a, if it's appropriate to hug? Um, what can you do when you're feeling sad or angry and it's, 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 so it really becomes a good time to talk about what can we do when we're feeling these feelings for real? 
And that's, I mean, it's a kind of rehearsal. So it's really, it's a way to translate play, which is we're playing a game, right? Into reality. Like that's, that's one way of helping kids kind of get in touch with their feelings. So those are the three ways to help kids understand their own feelings, name them for them, read some favorite books and play feelings games. And actually there is a bonus fourth way, which I have, I've made this free guide. It was part of the bonus materials for the book. And the bonus materials in the book, basically like people who are reading the book as they're reading it, there are, uh, there's some links to the bonus materials, which basically means they can go to, they can click the link and they can go and sign up for, to get a free guide, uh, you know, regarding whatever they're interested in. And this is a free guide that I made as part of the bonus materials for the book. And I really want to share it for free with you. It's a guide to making five different feelings books to help your child process his or her feelings and have fun doing it. And I can tell you that some of these we have done and really, really enjoyed. And now that my kids are older, to have some of these feelings books that we made when they were kids is really like it's a keepsake. It's it's fun. These are these are neat, neat things to do. So to get that, to get the free guide, the bonus fourth way, go to we turned out okay.com slash episode numeral 83 feelings books. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that again because you have to hyphenate it, which I don't, I don't, I haven't tried it yet. I don't know if it'll come up if you just type in weturnedoutok.com slash episode 83 feelings books, but it might. Um, it is weturnedoutok.com slash episode hyphen number 83 hyphen numeral 83 hyphen feelings hyphen books. And you can sign up there, but you know, what's going to be really easy is if you just go to the show notes for this episode and click the link <laughs> so you don't have to type it all in. Uh, if you are, incidentally, if you're using an iPhone and it's updated to version nine, the podcast app really changed in that one. And so you might like the links might not be clickable as you're viewing the description. So what you might want to do to get this bonus fourth free way to help your kids understand their own feelings is click the three, there's three little dots to the right of the title of this episode. And if you click those, it brings up a menu. And in the menu is one option called view full description. And viewing the full description is where you can see clickable links. So you can, you can click the link that I provide in there. And that will get you to we turned out okay.com slash episode 83 feelings books. <laughs> it is a mouthful, isn't it? And that's today's chapter study. I really, really hope it was helpful for you. Uh, you can check out the whole book by going to amazon.com or following the link that I will also include in the show notes, which will bring you right to Positive Discipline Ninja Tactics Amazon page. You can read the introduction for free there. So even if you decide, if you just want to go take a look and decide if it might be helpful for you, you can just read it, read the intro for free. Then you can grab it for the cost of a two scoop ice cream cone or a fancy pants coffee. It's not a, it's not an expensive thing. And the benefits that you get as it helps you have a better relationship with your, with your young one, I think are kind of priceless. I mean, it, it it's really helping a lot of, a lot of moms and dads, and I hope it can help you too. If this show was helpful to you, I hope you'll give it a quick rating and review in iTunes. And I wanted to share, I haven't done this in a really long time, but um, we've gotten some great reviews in in the iTunes review tab. 
So I wanted to read one. It's a recent review by, I love this name, Hakim. (laughs) That's a great one. And Hakim says, this podcast is a great parenting resource. Karen is straightforward, funny, and caring. And most of all, her background in early childhood education means she has the experience and the knowledge to back up what she says. Thank you so much, Hakim. That was a really, just a nice, nice thing to say, nice thing to read about, about the podcast and stuff. So thank you so much. iTunes really looks at ratings and reviews to decide who to put podcasts in front of. And if you're getting some value out of We Turned Out Okay, it would really mean the world to me if you'd go give it a rating and a review. And to do that, it's, it's, it's not time consuming at all. In fact, it's really, it's really, really quick, but it can be frustrating. So I just wanted to give a quick description. Um, if you go into the iTunes search bar, like the podcast kind of search function, it's on the right, the lowest, the, on the furthest right low corner of the podcast app, there's a little magnifying glass. That's how you can search. And if you go there and you click, you click that search bar and you type in, we turned, you'll actually, I'm the only one that comes up when, when you turn, when you do that. So I think that's kind of cool. And then you can tap on that. Um, you can tap on the podcast little art, and that will bring you to, um, uh, a place where you can see the episodes and there's three tabs at the top. There's like episodes, I think is what the first one is called. The second one's called, I think either ratings or reviews. And then the third one, I don't even remember what the third one is, maybe similar to or something like that. Anyway, if you click on the ratings tab, that is where you can uh, enter rating and a review. And, and if you do that, I would really, really appreciate it. As always, thank you so much for listening that you are here now with me in your ears you know, there's, there's just no better endorsement. So thank you. Thank you so much. And finally, a special thanks to our producer, the man who has put up with me for so long that he's the soon to be 19 time winner of the husband of the year award, Benjamin Culp. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to We Turned Out Okay. I want a date to Australia. Find us on the web at weturnedoutok.com, where you'll find show notes and more. What do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese. And remember, we only go around once. To be the best parents we can be, let's relax and enjoy the ride. Theater, 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 theater,